Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Hey, Blake, it's so great to meet you, and thanks for having us. Good to be here. I'm so excited. I don't get to have a lot. I think I've had two couple married couples on before, and it's always so much fun to get to see other other married dynamics. See if we have an argument, like, on the air, <laughs> Ooh, right? You never know. I actually almost had one happen one time. Really? <laughs> we, we diffused it. So you are here to talk about your new book, Tony, uh, before you split. Tell us about the book and, and what your passion behind writing it is. Well, I wrote Before You Split um, specifically for couples who are really struggling. Uh, Carrie and I went through a season, um, we can joke about it now and say mm. it was our 10-year argument, uh, and we're really not exaggerating, <laughs> uh, but we yeah. went through a, a really hard time in our marriage, and um, you know, by the grace of God, we have been able to come out the other side, you know, so we, we do have a story where it was that bad, and now it's this good, and I've also practiced as a divorce attorney. So I've um, sat across the table from people who, um, honestly, I could have been sitting in their chair. And mm -hmm. I've had some who came back to me after we went through all the negotiations and got their separation agreement done. And, uh, and I had some people look at me, you know, with tears in their eyes and say, if I'd only known then what I know now, I would have mm -hmm. tried harder to save my marriage. So taking the combination of, you know, what we learned as we um, transformed our marriage and then what people have seen on the other side of divorce, I wanted to combine these things together so that people can both understand their options more clearly and also mm -hmm. see some potential, potential solutions. And that's such a 360 view of this thing that people are honestly weird about talking about at all and you kind of have it from the inside and the outside. And that's such an impactful way to look at things. There's so many people I think that are in the mud, right? They're in it mm -hmm. and they feel like they're never gonna get out. Mm -hmm. And so to not only hear from somebody that can say, I've been there, we, you know, I've been there, but also I've watched people be there as my profession. Mm -hmm. I think that's just, that's a, a very, in a weird way, beautiful, mm -hmm. like meshed together way to look at it. Uh, I need to hear about this 10 year argument. <laughs> I feel like we need to talk. I think about it was Rebecca you... Lyons who put that uh, idea in our brains, but I'm like, we were doing I an interview it. with Gabe and Rebecca and Rebecca just said, you know, that 10 year argument. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly it. It was like, we, yeah. every couple has the argument you never solve, right? It's like, it yes. could be money. Yes. It could be honestly how you put stuff back in the fridge. It could be, um, you know, the dishwasher. It could be how much you spend. 
It could be um, just the way you behave at parties or whatever that happens to be. But we had a couple of issues. Money was definitely one of us. It's not anymore, um, but it was for us. It was a Mm. constant. I tend to be on the spending side. I'm the entrepreneur. Mm. I'm the risk taker, the Enneagram 8. And Tony (laughs) tends... Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I figured with crappy Christian, there was a likelihood that you would be an 8. That... (laughs) About yep. a 90% yep. correlation. Eight wing seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, how am I even a Christian? Right. So, um, yeah. yeah, I get that. And then, Tony, you're a five. So, yes. tend to be conservative, oh. tend to hoard resources. Can I say that? Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, See? hoarding See? is. This is what I've learned. Can I say that? No. Nope. Hoarding is the way you would have said it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, I, I certainly didn't have the same sort of generous outlook toward yeah. resources that you yeah. did, you know, and, and I would be the the one who was the saver and who wanted the security of money in the bank. And it was it's like, really, how much security was, do you want? Apparently, and the right. answer was always more than we have. Like, how, how are we going to have fun? I know. Yeah. It's like, oh, great. So we have this money and then we're dead. Awesome. That's like, not, it's not the point. I can see I'm really outnumbered here. (laughs) You are, but I'm married to a one. So talk about clash of interests, order and right. And I'm like, there's no rule. And that was another 10 year argument for us was Tony is relationships and I'm tasks. Mm -hmm. So I tend to be like, Mm -hmm. let's get it done. Mm -hmm. And so classic example, when our kids were younger, we're empty nesters now, but when our kids were younger, Tony would be like, I'm going to help the kids with their homework. I'm going to put them to bed. I'm going to read them a story. I'm going to hang out. She was a great mom, is a great mom. And I would be like, can we just clean up the kitchen? Like the, with this chaos, I just can't handle yeah. it right now. Like I need order to be able to do my work and, and yeah. to think and even to survive. So there were all of those things that were always in the background. And so for us, you know, our marriage wasn't like someone had an affair that hasn't been part of our story. It wasn't like, you know, there was physical abuse or anything. It was, it was that long slide into stagnation and irritation yeah. and frustration mm-hmm. And negativity. And negativity and the unresolvable, like, okay, so you want to spend money again? Or, oh my gosh, like right. we hit our mm-hmm. savings goals. What are you upset about now? Like it was more that yes. kind of back and forth that we just, for a number of years, we just couldn't get out of. It's it's living not on the same page. Correct. Yes. When you're supposed Correct. to be one and you're looking at this person going, I don't understand. I don't understand you. I don't understand what's important to you. What is motivating you? Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you use the word irritation. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm. Su- you're supposed to be the person that I love the most, and you're just bugging the crap out. A hundred percent. And and you know the the other thing is, we would paint it at the time. We don't do this anymore, but in black and white terms. Uh, that yeah. I was mm-hmm. right and you were yeah. wrong. Yeah. You would say yes. you were mm-hmm. right and I was wrong. And I think we, we each felt like the, you know, my own outlook. Well, of course, mine is the normal one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right. Oh, can you not see this? This is so obvious, right. so obvious to me. Or, you know, you're not being logical. Uh, how, how can you think that that's yeah, the that right was a thing good to line. do? You're being and- so illogical. <laughs> no, well, it, it um, but all those things. Um, even get compounded when you don't even have the same wiring for conflict. 
because Carrie, uh, we couldn't even get through these conversations. You know, Carrie would tend to, as an eight, Enneagram eight, like drive after solutions. You know, let's get this done. Let's do it now. We're going to go get the, get the, keep going until we get this resolved. And, uh, and and that wiring is just not mine. Like you need to ruminate and think and (laughs) process. And we're like, let's do it. Let's figure (laughs) it out. Let's fix it. Yeah. And, yeah. and so then I think it would have been so, so helpful if we'd had the inside of the Enneagram back then, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. It would have been mm-hmm. really helpful for us to understand each other's conflict styles, uh, but we didn't. And so mm-hmm. there were all kinds of things that we didn't understand about each other. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we just thought, you know, well, my thoughts were, why are you being so aggressive? Like, why <laughs> you you know, give me some space. I'm trying to keep, keep the peace here. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we just didn't, we didn't understand each other the way that we should have. Um, you know, I think it helps so much when you have insight into how your spouse is wired, um, yeah. because then yes. you can appreciate each other's strengths. We got just yes. into such a negative space that we lost sight of each other's strengths. And all we could focus on were the negative things that were driving us crazy. Yeah. And I would say too, for me, like uh, not every day, but on my good days, I would feel like I was fighting for us and you were withdrawing. I would be like, no, we're going to solve this and we're going to make this better. Like I can solve problems at work. So we're going to solve our relationship. We're going to, we're going to talk about this. And, you know, we're both lawyers. That's where we met in law school. But again, opposites, like there's a wide bandwidth in the law. I was drawn to court Absolutely. in my one year in law. And then I went into seminary and ministry. But in my one year in law, I did uh, the courtroom side and you were drawn more to contracts and conciliation and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think I, uh, over the years I ended up doing both. Um, but in our, in our basic wiring shirt. Oh yeah. No, I would go to court and mm -hmm. you would say, no, let's try to settle this out of court. I'm like, no, no, no. I know where the juggler is. I'll I'll go find it. Exactly. (laughs) Wait, I want to argue. Don't take that away Mm -hmm. from me. I, what it came, the big switch for us. So the Enneagram had a huge impact on saving my marriage and I get pushback for talking about the Enneagram because it's evil, Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, but our big thing was realizing that we weren't functioning like we were on the same team. Yes. We were functioning like we were on different teams that just coexisted rather than being on the same team. Literally, my husband now is in my phone as home team. Oh, wow. Mm, wow. Like, because we have to be. And even when we start to rub up against one another and frustrate one another, one of us will go home team. We're on the same team we just do things differently and that makes us stronger together. You know, so I think there are a lot of people who are going to resonate with your story that it isn't always an affair or embezzlement or something insane. Sometimes it's just, we're very different and we had to figure out how to get along. Absolutely. I, I just, I resonate with that so much. And I love the term that you chose home team. Uh, I mm-hmm. say something similar because Carrie and I just, you know, we did sometimes fight as if we were opponents mm-hmm. and, and, like, right. and this went on for so long. And I remember one time Carrie actually gave a message uh, at our church and said, um, and the, it was about 
um, seeing each other uh, as as humans and not as the enemy. You know, as Paul says, yeah. our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers. And Carrie had us yes. turn to whoever we were sitting beside and say, you are not the enemy. But it was like a switch went off and it all of a sudden, you know, even though that sounds extreme, but, you know, I know say like, Carrie, you are not the enemy. Like mm. we are not opponents. Yeah. And, and now yes. I like to remind people with something really easy to remember. Um, it's harder to do, but easy to remember. You know, if I win, we lose. So mm. if we're going toe to yes. toe and fighting for our own position and, you know, we're seeing it as binary, we're not opening our minds to other solutions. If I win, we lose. So then the question is, yeah. like, how can we win? Right. And that, especially for the, that's one of those things that to me branches all Enneagram types. Mm -hmm. We all want to win in our own way, whether it's cognitively or aggressively or in our feelings, we want to feel like we won. Mm -hmm. And so it's laying that down and saying, I don't have to win my way because I, I can win our way, whatever that looks like. I know I want to talk a little bit about your experience as a divorce attorney, because that is, is super interesting being on that side of it, especially talking about marriage. And I know in the book, you talk about when you were consulting with people and they were struggling, they tended to have three options to choose from. Mm. Um, so what were those and kind of what paths did those tend to take people on? Yes. Well, um, in my in my work as a divorce attorney, I was m for the most part working with people who uh, were splitting, and so mm -hmm. I I call the three options: split, survive, and save. And and honestly, mm -hmm. by the time people landed in my office, they were usually too far past their decision to split. You know, they'd already made that decision maybe a couple of years ago. And they just yeah. hadn't gotten to, you know, working out the legal arrangements with a lawyer. So, you know, wherever I had the opportunity to, to raise the possibility of, of reconciliation or, you know, surviving in their marriage to save it, I would. Um, but yes, yeah, so splitting is the option that people jump to sometimes if they start to panic about how badly they're feeling about their marriage. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and I think in our culture, it's really natural for our minds to go there. And maybe your parents divorced, or maybe you've been through a divorce before. So, um, mm -hmm. so that is something that, that we do think about. Um, but it doesn't always turn out the way people expect mm -hmm. it will. No. Like, like even the conversations that people would have before they decided to split, um, the way it would actually work out and things would go down after they started the negotiations often looked mm. quite different because it's so unpredictable mm -hmm. and people we think it's cookie cutter right we think it's this is what divorce looks like yeah and it never does yeah, ever. yeah. it's always no. messier it's always more expensive and it's always way more emotionally complicated than mm -hmm. people yes it's it is complicated yes. it's sort of layering complicated problems on top of grieving the loss of the relationship right oh, it's it's hard so the mm -hmm. the other options uh, other than split are survive and save 
you know, and people often mm. say, should I stay or should I go? Two options. Well, right. no, right. I like to talk about three options because I think it's clarifying. So I talk about surviving as staying in the relationship together, but with emotions disconnected and yeah. or hearts disconnected. Like a business partner thing. Yeah. And roommates. And roommates. Roommates. Mm-hmm. roommates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it happens. And and I have to say that, you know, we got to that place in our relationship where we felt disconnected. And and actually it's yeah. interesting. I've done survey, a survey of a a, a group church-based group that I was giving a marriage talk to. And the number one issue that people reported was feeling disconnected. Yeah. And so it's not an unpopular opinion. I think it's because Christians are so weird about sex. Mm-hmm. And we're not having enough sex. Because <laughs> yeah. how that connects you so God, that's what God created it for. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and obviously that's not like the only issue. And there are a lot of things that lead people to that point. Mm-hmm. But my like close girlfriends, when they're talking about feeling disconnected, I'm like, are you doing it? Because mm-hmm. it there's a lot that's of a sexless marriages. Question. I know even my yeah. as a pastor, I would just run into people and they're like, yeah, we haven't had sex in months or years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they've also got separate lives. Like they've got, I've exactly. got my friends, you've got your friends, I have my hobbies, you have your hobbies. Yes. And so it's a truce. It's like we're not fighting, right. but the passion's right. gone. Exactly. The mm. the relationship's gone. And we And you're like, what said, are we doing? Yeah, we don't mm. want that to be our relationship. No. Like, I, I do no. not want a business partner and I don't want right. uh, a roommate and and I don't want someone that just is I'm friends with. It's like, no, I want yes. a wife. I want right. I want a best friend. And mm. So that, and that's yeah. the point that we had gotten to where it kind of, we were, it felt like we were both just living our own lives and we weren't really fighting that much. Right. It's okay. almost, it almost would have been better if we had been right, you know, because then we would have been communicating. We would have been expressing our frustration, but we were just kind of each doing our own thing. We have two young kids kind of yeah. in the trenches of that. And, yes. and you know where that's that exactly goes. what you said, Blake, that goes to indifference, right? A lot of people would say the opposite exactly. of love is not hate. It's indifference. And yes. I think there's truth to that, right? Where it's like, yeah, that's fine. We're getting along. We're okay. Mm. Uh, but we're just kind of indifferent to each other. And I don't really care about you and you don't really care about me. Um, but we're just, we're coexisting in this space and it'll yeah. be fine. And that's what my husband and I now say, I like you and I love you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because I really didn't like him. Mm-hmm. I really, honestly, I did not Like I didn't, I did not enjoy him. He was not fun to be around. He did not build me up or make me feel support. Like, mm-hmm. and he didn't like me either. Mm-hmm. No, I don't right. think we liked each other very yeah. much for a season. No, we, we got into that space. You would say to me, why are you so kind to people at work and you're so grumpy at home? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. You if nothing else, else, we're just giving better me. than me. <laughs> yes. If nothing else, we're giving people so much solidarity. People are probably like driving, listening to this podcast going, <gasps> somebody else's marriage looks like or looks <laughs> like this because we don't, you know, when you hear about people splitting, it's something erupted. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't ever talk about that slow slide into, like you're saying, indifference. And then you end up going, really, the verbiage we were using was kind of like, should we just call it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
And, uh, yeah. uh-huh. and I felt it like I feel all of those emotions. And for us, that was a number of years ago where we were really in that place in mm-hmm. our marriage. And it was, yeah. thanks be to God, my commitment to Christ that said, no, you got to take yes. divorce off the table. Just, just personally, yes. I felt convicted. It's like, this is not an option. Whatever's on the other side is going to be worse than what I'm feeling right now is what I thought. And yeah. I'm very thankful I had that because now, you know, we moved to the third option. So it wasn't split. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. survive. Yeah. So that was a yeah. long excursus into <laughs> option number three. Yes. No, I love it. Uh-huh. I love it. Okay. If you are a creative or a small business owner or you're in direct sales, you need to listen up because my course, Run Your Race, opens for registration on January 19th. The course only opens three times a year, so you're not going to want to miss it. And it is essentially a five-hour brain dump of all of the things that I have learned, the things that I have done wrong and had to learn how to do correctly to go from where I started two years ago to where I am today, being able to quit my full-time job and do this full-time. But it is all from a scripturally-based, non-hustle, non-self-centric place. And it is teaching you to use your gifts to the glory of God and to run your race well. So if you are interested, if you want more information, you can head to crappychristianco.com slash course. It's also linked in the show description and you can get on the wait list. You can find out about the free masterclass. You can learn about the new optional affiliate marketing bonus module. All the things live there. Crappychristianco.com slash course. Okay, let's get back to the show. And so then, you know, obviously the third option is to save your marriage and uh, get to that place where you do have that authentic, heartfelt bond. You feel like you have each other's backs. You're deeply satisfied in every way, including sexually. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, there may be people who think, I do not know how it would ever be possible to make that transition. Yeah. Carrie and I were in our, our dark days. I yeah. thought I couldn't imagine it even being possible for me to love him again or to be in a loving Absolutely. relationship together. And so I, I just want to give people hope that, you know, even if you find yourself surviving right now and you feel like you're disconnected, it is possible to rebuild that bond and to make the transition to a place where you do actually feel connected again. Well, and there's there's something to that. Like, you know, for every couple listening going, uh-oh, 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 you were attracted to your partner for some reason. There was a chemistry. There was a, there was a friendship. There was an yeah. attraction. There was a magnetism. And I would say, and you know this, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but for me, we met 32 years ago in law school. So that was a long, long time ago. I have never gotten over the infatuation and I hope I never will. So even when we weren't friends in the moment, I'm still like, yeah, but there's something about this woman that is. It's like you still had a crush on her. I still had a crush on her. I still have a crush on her. And and so that was, that was helpful, but like. It just hardly showed through in that season. Let me just say. Exactly. There were very few days though where I woke up and thought, ugh. I'm like, okay, maybe it's wanna, a new day. Yeah. But the problem is when you have the 10-year argument, the repeating script mm-hmm. is like you have yeah. that thought in the morning. It's like, okay, today's going to be a different day. And then you get up and it's like, who's going to make the bed today? And you're like, you're right at it. Or 
Why? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> right. And then you're like, oh, yeah. we're right back to where we were before. Only it got worse because it didn't get resolved. It just, you know. Exactly. It starts mm. to just build on top so then, of each yeah, other. Save is like you actually, you actually think about your friendship. You, you rekindle a friendship. You build a friendship. You, you build all of those things that a marriage is supposed to be. And we're in a season like leading up, like as, as, as you know, launching a podcast isn't easy. Writing a book isn't easy. Uh, launching a book is hard. But we said, you know, Dallas Willard is someone we pay attention to, John Ortberg. Like there is a sense of realized eschatology where I think we're now 30 years into our marriage, tasting a little bit of the kingdom of heaven. Like Jesus came along and he said, the kingdom of God is near. He didn't say, hey, one day you're going to die. It's going to be miserable. And then all of a sudden it'll be great. <laughs> He's like, right. yeah, there will be troubles, but you will taste the kingdom of heaven. Like when the church is the church, when, when Christians actually behave like Christians, like Jesus, the kingdom of heaven draws near. And there is a, a certain element in our relationship now where I'm like, wow, this is, you know, Dallas Willard, according to people who knew him, said that when he said, when I die, I'm not sure I'll notice for a little while. And I've unpacked that with some people who are close to him. And he said, because you can realize a lot of those principles in this life and the yeah. closeness with Jesus, the harmony with others, the appreciation of God's grace. And I think that was a bit of hyperbole, but I said to Tony, it's like, right, but it's still beautiful. We didn't have to wait till heaven. I don't know that we're going right. to be married or not in heaven. We can debate that all day long. But, um, right. but, you know, and some people are like, I hope not. I'm like, I hope so. Cause I would love that's more. That's the one thing that I know. That's the one thing that actually it's so cheesy, but makes me just like a little bit sad about heaven is that there is biblical backup for their not being marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but why not? <laughs> well, theoretically, like, it would be better, but you know, <laughs> right, if it's going right, to be heaven, it's going to be better than than your marriage. Exactly. But like, I feel like exactly. we have we sowed different seed all those years ago. And now we're reaping a different harvest. And it's like yes. all those things that made me fall for Tony when I first saw her. It, w it was in my case, love at first sight. It was a, a slow warm for her, but <laughs> you know, it took He's her a little exaggerating while. exaggerating a bit. Uh, it was love at first sight, but now it feels like that has actually grown into a life-giving relationship that just works on every level. Yeah. I, I, you're talking, you were talking earlier about how launching a podcast isn't easy. Launching a book isn't easy. And it made me think of, uh, we, one of the things that we realized is that I would rather do face hard things together mm. than our marriage be the hard thing. Yes. Hard things are going to come. So here's a fun part of our relationship. We've been through a number of different milestones together. And I think every couple has been there, whether it's you know, putting on your happy face for church or going to Christmas dinner with your family, you're fighting in the car and it's like, okay, quiet. Yeah. We have to do this. And, and we went through a yep. few milestones in when our marriage was not great, you know, 15, 20 years ago, where I remember we opened our first building in 2003 and mm. it was a $2 million campaign. And, you know, you know, all that involves, and you're sitting tons in the front row, tons of work, so mm. many hours. And you were sitting in the front row in tears, not tears of joy, mm, but yeah. tears of frustration. So there was like the public celebration, but there was the private misery. And that yes. was no good. And then we opened up our last building six years ago and there were tears in the front row, but they were mm. tears of joy. And having just yeah. gone through the book writing process, your first book, and then the book launch, which is almost as much as work as book writing, 
Um, yep. Like it was, you know, we talked about it a lot in the last few days, but there's just been a singularity. There's been a, a, a unity. joy, a unity mm-hmm. and no asterisks. Not like, well, that was an awesome launch, except for that time we almost hit each other in the kitchen. Like <laughs> none of that. Like it was just like, no, I'm cheering for you. You're cheering for me. We're making sacrifices yeah. willfully. And, um, and that's with the same person. Cause I think in our heads, right. we think, oh, well, I'll just find someone else and she'll appreciate me and yeah. she'll treat me well. Yeah. She'll respect me. And it's like, nope. Mm-hmm. No. So I want to give people some tangibility, right? They may be finding a lot of solidarity in the conversation of feeling like they're not alone. And I love the three, you know, the breakdown of the three options we've gotten to save. And I'm sure there are people listening that are like, how? Mm-hmm. Okay, how? Yes. How do I dig out? How do I start to like this person? How do I start to feel like we're on the same page and team? Yeah, that's such a great question. It's such a loaded question. It's, I'm sure it's a very lengthy answer. Yeah. Fortunately, but, you wrote a book. Yeah. <laughs> right. You should read there, this there's, book. There's a it's long answer. I'll try to mm-hmm. hit on the, the the high points. So, you know, for, for us, and I'll speak for me personally, um, part of it was that I had to take my my spiritual growth, you know, my following after Jesus um, to the next level of depth. Because it, it wasn't mm. that I ever, you know, stopped um, appreciating God's word and getting into it and, um, and praying. It's just that when we were going through this tough season, I still needed to take a more, um, I needed to look at myself through Jesus lens, you know, which is mm. often hard to do. And it yes. was, it's, it's part of, you know, what David prays. Um, in Psalm 139, he says, um, he says, search me, God, and know my heart. Um, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And that is hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. To Especially do. when it's easier to look at the other person and say, I can search them. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were both yeah. great at that. You yeah. were yeah. <laughs> pointing out my sins and I knew all of yours and I made some up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, that that um, appreciation and and really leaning into humility, even to the point where it you know it hurts. Like it, and sometimes it stirs up things from the past that we're, we're not mm-hmm. expecting. It might stir up some old wounds, and um, you know that's something where uh, you just you need the strength of Jesus to do that. And maybe you need a Christian counselor to walk through those things too, and help you see your blind spots, you know, listening to friends who will be honest with you and, um, hear you vent, but also push back sometimes. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you just expose the things that you're not thinking about clearly or the ways that you've been blinded by, um, by this conflict or by a negative mindset. So, you know, getting serious about, about growing, but then I think also um, there's things that you can do to reconnect. Um, and I'll mention them quickly. You know, one is just trying to validate your spouse's emotions for what they are and not ignoring them, not yes. skipping over them. Or, you know, sometimes I would even say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Emotionally, like, in terms of building your bond and your closeness, 
there's really no room for telling your spouse not to feel the way they feel because your emotions no. are your emotions. They're there. Yeah. They're not right or wrong. They just are. And the more you can just sit with each other's emotions, and I'm not saying, you know, that you can, you can feel what you feel, but you can't just do whatever you want to do. So, you know, that, right. Um, you know, translating anger into violence, that that is a no go. Um, but right. just being able to sit with your, your partner's emotions and say, Hey, wow, you know, that must've been really frustrating. I can understand why you'd be angry about that. And yeah. uh, so just being able to validate each other's emotions and also paying attention to how much negativity are you communicating to each other versus positive things? And I think this is a yes. slide that you can get into that really hurts, like deep down it hurts, but we may not admit it. Because um, I think sometimes you think you're helping. You mm -hmm. think if mm -hmm. I just express the things that are frustrating me about you, then it can get better. And then that, like you said, that turns into, it's just, you're always telling them what they're Let doing. Let me point yeah, out all yes. your deficiencies yeah. because- Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or even the right things, like just airing the little differences. If, yeah. if we don't have positives um, to, you know, to also bond us together, um, then the, the research shows that you just don't do as well. Like one characteristic of a successful marriage is that you've got about five, positive communications to every negative. And that yes. means, and it's not just like, you know, I have to say five compliments a day. It's not that. <laughs> yeah, no, but it is, no. It includes compliment or something that you say to build your spouse up or just a little thing, you know, an affectionate touch or flirting or, mm -hmm. you know, positive body language, a turning toward instead of turning away. So just, you know, yes. that five to one ratio is also important. And, yes. and then, and, the, and then that's another, I feel like everything that you're saying, I'm like, I know that this is really hard. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. when you don't, when you're annoyed with this person and you feel disconnected from them, mm -hmm. it can be difficult to start to prioritize kindness and affection and complimentary. So let me, you, let me you, go ahead. Can I, can I just say that I think you have to make that that um, you have to think about making that transition in terms of planting seeds, mm. like plant a yes. tiny seed. Don't make the, don't expect that you are going to do an about face all of a sudden, because you know, this yes. isn't going to be a sprint. It's going to be a marathon. And so if you can just do one little tiny change today, you know, shift it yeah. today and then yeah, take another step tomorrow, but don't make the steps so big or dramatic that they're just unrealistic and it was a multi then you feel like you failed absolutely i would say one of the big things for me blake was um going to counseling which i didn't want to do yes and uh i was very good at pointing out everything that was wrong with you and how you could improve and what you needed to do <laughs> and then we got it we had this moment where i began to realize the deeper i went into my own prayer life and counseling journey the more i realized oh wait a minute i got to stop criticizing you i got to stop the blame shame game and i got to start mm -hmm. taking responsibility and there was a day where you were in the kitchen i was in the living room we were bickering about something and I just realized, you know what? I'm being unreasonable. Tony yeah. is not the, the person that you have made her out to be in your mind. She's a kind, compassionate person that people actually love. 
And I said to you in that moment, I'm like, you deserve someone. I could see it objectively for the first time that I was wrong and she was Mm. right. And I thought, you deserve someone who cherishes you. And then I thought, I hope I can be that person down the road. Mm. And it was, it was the beginning. It was sort of a defining moment for us where I'm like, and I, I, you know, I still criticized her after that. And we, you know, it's a long road back, but it's to the point where I'm like, you know, cause you, you listen, I, I listen, you know, in my role in ministry over the years and even friendship where people are talking about their exes and it's like they married Hitler or, Right. Stalin or something. And this is the worst person ever. And they're evil and they're from the pit of hell. And I'm like, no, at some point you love that person. At some point you're like, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And how did that happen? And I saw us like, we could get to that point and you start using children right. as weapons and, and everything Ooh. like that. And then I'm like, no. And so it is possible. And I think the gospel, like Jesus working us is really helpful with that. I don't know that I, I, well, I know I couldn't have done it without him um, because it's Mm -hmm. a road to confession and going, you know what? I'm the jerk. Mm -hmm. I'm the difficult person. I, I am the person who needs a lot of work. So why don't I care for me? And why don't I get on my knees and apologize? And why don't I work on my own personal growth? And then out of that, we got a healthy relationship. And you had a parallel journey where you started to look mm-hmm. inward rather than at me. And, mm-hmm. you know, now we emerge years later and it's like, man, this is good. Like, exactly. Better than and we I, imagined. I, I love that. And I'm thankful that you're really bringing home that it took years, yes. that it wasn't an about face that it wasn't, there may be days kind of like you're saying, I can look back on our journey and remember days that were significant, that Mm -hmm. things we broke through something or something clicked. And I, those are almost like little mile markers. Yes. That things got a lot better that day. We figured Mm -hmm. something out, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I would say 2000, where are we? What year is it? 2021. (laughs) So end of 2018 was our lowest point. Mm. And like you said, it has been this slow, sometimes trudging undoing to where now I would say we, our marriage is good and it's thriving and we're not going to just make it, you know, Mm. we're going to, we, we heard, I remember um, listening to a sermon series Andy Stanley did back in 2006, which was probably the bottom of our mm-hmm. marriage. And I think he called it I marriage or something. And when we went through the four parts, I was like busted, 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 busted. We, yeah. are, we are guilty on all accounts and probably some stuff you didn't cover. And it felt impossible. And then I revisited that series, I don't know, four or five years ago. And it was one of those things where I'm like, oh yeah, that's not an issue anymore. Oh yeah, that's not an issue anymore. Yay. Oh yeah, we're actually, we're on the other side. So it wasn't overnight. And even with money, like, you know, now we're at the point where it's, we disagreed about it all the time. Now we, we hardly disagree about money. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but, if, if, but yeah. when we do, it's not the kind of hot button triggered argument that we used to have in the no, past. It's a discussion. We, Right. You know, take a deep breath. Even if it starts to get heated, we can take a deep breath and say, okay, I don't really agree with what you're saying right now, but tell me more. 
And, you know, and then if we do get into that space, we'll say, hey, let's take a break for now and come back to it. Well, and we both appreciate, <laughs> yeah. like we've now gotten to the point where I would say, hey, your conservatism or, you know, in my uncharitable space, I'd say fear around mm-hmm. money or being yeah. in trouble. That's actually probably saved us. Like, you know, that was a Absolutely. really helpful guardrail. Was, like that was. If it was up to you and I. Mm hmm. Like we would have blown all our money. No, I mean, yeah. Like I'm like, we have margin now because of what you had said years ago. And you would say, yeah, but you pushed me to take risks. You pushed me to have experiences. You, you did, you, you brought us out on the edge a few times and we have a better life because of that. And so I think in a really weird way, God uses the things that you're annoy you about your spouse to correct. Yes. Mm hmm. And to make your life better. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, absolutely. Our, one of our biggest things, we definitely had our money issues, but ours was cleanliness and order because he's a one and I'm messy. I can now own that before it was very offensive, but now I can say it was, I was messy. I didn't, it, because experience and fun and living life were more important to me Mm -hmm. than doing the dishes or folding Mm -hmm. laundry. Yes. But we've able to, like you were saying, kind of come towards one another where he's not so, you know, totally, I mean, and he would let me say this crazy Mm -hmm. about the house. I'm with your husband on this one, by the way, even though I'm not a one. Which is so funny that we're like opposite. For order. He can be so crazy. Like there were times where I was looking at him going, do you hear yourself? I'd like, yes, and I enjoy it. It's wonderful. (laughs) He's like, what's wrong with it? Mm -hmm. You know? But, but because of him, I can run a business now because I've learned how to be organized and I know where to find things and, and how to have structure. And he's so much more fun because he's come my way. So I like, I love what you said about learning to see one another's weaknesses and you know what it was for me, years of prayer counseling, that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm like a little OCD, never been diagnosed and I don't have to like touch a yep. doorknob 15 times, but like right. if it's out of yeah. order, it, it, me bugs you. it really unsettles me. Yeah. And then I realized because, you know, control was an issue for me as a child. And so that is the way I order my environment. So my neighbors, my family, my friends, they all make fun of me and how I cut my grass obsessively. And I do this like hashtag lawn lines thing on Instagram. Yeah. The, the, lines, diamond, pattern. the diamond pattern, like a ball yeah. diamond. God. Mm-hmm. That yeah. used to be a fight That's with us same. because I'd want to cut the grass and I would say it's long. And Tony would be like, it is not long. You have the best lawn in the neighborhood. And I'm like, <laughs> it's driving me crazy. It's long. And now I'm like, I'm at the other side and go, oh, I know why that happens. I know why I don't want to mow my lawn. It's not interfering with a relationship. And if I want to cut it when it's a quarter inch too long, I'm just going to do that because I'm a crazy person and I'm going out to my lawn and I'm going to cut it <laughs> and I will feel better and it doesn't interfere with us. And now yeah. like I can laugh at myself, whereas before it yeah. was a life and death issue and even yes. like, you know, clean car, same thing. But mm-hmm. we were out last weekend and you're like, I don't think we have time. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Whereas before I would have been like, no, I need a clean car. And I, 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 need, I can't drive <laughs> right. without a clean car. And now I'm like, you're right. I'll get a wash tomorrow. Yeah. Same, mm-hmm. same. We're the, we're the same except flip. flip. And I yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. And Tony, so, Tony's neat. She's just normal. (laughs) (laughs) She's just human. That's it. She's just normal. 
I love it. So your book, when we're recording, it was yesterday. Yeah, it came yes. out. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just Happy launched. launch day after. I know I'm in, I'm in the writing process. I'm writing my first book. Oh, how exciting. So I'm coming behind you in the the launch the launch season but before we go i always like to ask people if there is one thing from before you split that you want to make sure that people walk away with what is it hmm i would say that's a very hard choice um but one thing I'd like people to remember is that, especially if you're parents, if you think that you need to, that the the first thing you need to do is to split for the sake of your kids. Mm. um, I would just like to say, slow down and, uh, and, and think about this idea. Really what your kids need most is peace. And so Mm. let's, see if this rings true, that the time for peace is now. Um, Because Mm. splitting will almost inevitably have this impact of deferring peace for your kids. Right. And so let's see as a first step, can can we get on board with the time for peace is now with trying to be kind and respectful to each other. And then and park the idea of splitting just to the side for now and then see what you can do with just figuring out, out what more peace would look like. I would say too, and you mentioned this in the book, for me, for those of you who've fallen out of love um, or feel like you have, your emotions catch up to your obedience. The feelings Ooh. will come back. If you will do the work, uh, there is a reason you fell in love in the first place. And right now you don't feel it. You don't like him. You don't like her and you don't want to be in the same room. We were there. If you do the work and you just stay obedient to what you believe your obedient step is, your emotions will catch up. And I, Amen. I could not feel better about being in this relationship. And if you would have told me 15, 20 years ago, I would have been like, yeah, right. Some other life, some other person, yeah. some other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, no, it's, it's actually true. Your emotions catch up to your yeah. emotions. Oh, that both of your answers. I love mm. I'm like scribbling notes. So your book is out. People can get it wherever they get books. I'm sure yes. all the yes. places. And where split. can, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Where can we find and follow both of you? Uh, I have a website. It's tonynewhoff.com. Uh, if you're not sure about the spelling of Newhoff, if you look up before you split, you should get my name and then. Mm-hmm. And look at your podcast player. Yes. yes we'll spell it yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> Smart Family Podcast. Yeah. You have a podcast too, Smart Family Podcast. I do a leadership podcast and I also blog at kerryneuhoff.com. If you butcher my name, Google's pretty kind. So you'll find it. Um, yeah. Anyway. Perfect. Thank you all so much. This is such a great conversation. I know that it's going to bring not only solidarity, but hope and next steps for people. And I can't wait for them to be able to implement it and read your book. Thanks, Blake. Yeah, thank you so much, Blake. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. Hey, 
Iman. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh yeah, I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants.